<laughs> I can't believe you're recording that. How many times did I say to you, are you recording? And you're like, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. No, no, no. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Jonathan from Propane Fitness. Yes, Yusuf from Propane Fitness. Would you rather instantly change gender or be given a dozen puppies? Are you assuming my gender? No. I'm assuming you are one of the genders that can be switched to another, so I'm, I'm assuming that you're not both, which is an assumption, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's called when you... Well, and that, and that there's only two genders in oh. what you just said then. Are we going to have to start again? Well, <laughs> we're going to have to start again. <laughs> so would I rather switch genders or be given a dozen puppies? How do I have to care for the puppies? Well, see, this is the thing. I think both of these options are vastly inconvenient. <laughs> you know, I would love to watch you deal with 12 puppies. Horrible. Like, <laughs> like lovely for 10 minutes, and then one of them poos, and then everything I'm, even ten minutes collapses. Yeah. Part of what's so nice about that volume of puppies is that there's, like, there's this like, overwhelm as they run over you and... You get to stroke them all. But if you're responsible for all of them, I think that would be replaced by anxiety. Yeah. It's of like making sure they're all safe. When you think of twelve puppies, what breed do you immediately think of? They all look the same when they're puppies though, don't they? Apart from husky. I don't know whether they all look the same. Like I I just think Andrex puppy. I just think Golden, golden retriever box standard issue dog yeah yeah um if we look at whippet puppy for example the reason i'm saying this is because they because you love whippets i love whippets and as adults they look very odd but as puppies they just look like normal puppies yeah they do don't they so it's only as they grow up that their noses get longer they make and longer. a big long lean placid <laughs> creatures there's a photo on the internet of yusuf hugging a pup hugging a whippet from its underside, hold well, yeah. holding a greyhound, and it's just completely, oh, it's a greyhound. It just completely flaccid. Mm. It was uh, it had no crack. Unfortunately, it was very unresponsive. So, what's your answer to this? <laughs> I love how you're not letting me see the rest. <laughs> <laughs> what's my answer? Uh, it's got to be the puppies, right? I think I could. Because it would be suddenly you have to live your life as so I think a I could just so you could, your life. well yeah you can outsource a lot of the puppy care. Sell them on Gumtree. I think it's illegal now, isn't it? They, think, in fact, I searched on Facebook Marketplace for puppy, and no results come up. <laughs> so clearly, Facebook have banned that term. I bet there's a code word that's emerged from that. I bet there's a word you search that <laughs> will. You're so spending a lot of time on Facebook Marketplace, which is, <laughs> I, I think, should actually should be an episode in itself. Some of the things that you've experienced, some of the things you've oh. seen. I was considering starting a blog, just just a, a blog of screenshots of chat logs that I've had. Johnny's trying to tap his Fitbit. It's really annoying because I've just charged it. <laughs> it's not working. What were you trying to do so urgently there? Was that set a reminder or something? No, no, I don't know. I, was... I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it's because I, I noticed that it had been tapped and normally it does the 
Blip, 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 and it didn't do that. I see. So I was like, hold on. Someone ain't right. Next question. <laughs> I say, hold on. <laughs> Would you so rather... Have seen that video? Yeah. Right, okay. Would you rather let everyone think that you... No, hold on. What was your answer to the puppies thing? Gender. Gender? Gender. Oh, not dealing with Facebook. Right, you see, I knew, 12 I, knew, puppies I knew we couldn't just brush past, brush past this. But, so 12 puppies isn't, doesn't have to mean that like, for the rest of your life is going to change permanently forever. It just means that you have puppies to, to care for, but mm. bring in some help. Okay, you, you're right, Johnny. I made a hasty decision. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's how protective Yusuf is of his time, that when faced with, <laughs> would you like a sex change or lots of stuff to do? <laughs> he chooses sex change without a moment's thought. Right, what was what was the next? Because uh, you'd have to get, you'd have to like either convince your partner to become gay, or what changing gender? Yeah, there's ho- or just find a new. You know partner. what I immediately think of stuff like ID. Oh, you know, you know when you move house and you've suddenly got you've got a, all the banks to tell, and because everyone is always involved with all of the banks, you have to change like your driver's license details on any correspondence. Anyone who has your information. So you're right. It's probably just as much stuff to do. If you'd have to go deed poll, and, and what, what would I do about the beard as well? I've just mm. bought a comb for it and everything. Have you? So I suppose I could use the comb as a woman for Great. for something. Combs, luckily, are multi multi use, aren't they? <laughs> Pan gender. So <laughs> okay, so it looks like we're both lumped. We now have twenty four puppies. Would you? I think we could start a club, start a cafe. There'd be a way for us to monetize it. Hopefully. By the way, shout out to the, uh, the Would You Rather forum that we used. We got a little uh, little mention on that the other day. <laughs> we did. Appropriate we for did. this podcast. So, would you rather let everyone think that you had sex with a goat, but you didn't, or have sex with a goat, but nobody knows? <laughs> so, I think we've had this one on one of the previous episodes. Yeah, it, it's ringing a bell. So, either... Right. <laughs> that is brilliant, isn't it? You know what it feels like, going over that question? It's like the time that you and I... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It's the time you and I played chess in Iceland. So we went to an Icelandic museum and... I really want to see where you're going with this. (laughs) (laughs) We played chess in Iceland. Because that goat we saw outside, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean... It's not the goat specifically, it's the question. And I'm packing it mentally. Because when you put me into checkmate. I remember you said checkmate and then you did the little wry smile that you do. And then, I, you know when you slowly realise how fucked you are? Because <laughs> you look at you like, oh no, you must be wrong. I can do that. Oh no, I can't. Oh no, I'll do it. Oh no, I can't do that. Oh my God, I've lost the game. Mm. It's the same as that question. I see. It's like, oh, I could just... Mm. Yeah, I'll just... Oh no. Because that would mean fucking... You're right, it's a well-crafted oh, no, no, but, question. But, I'd, I'd be keen to know what. Why are you looking up the nearest IKEA? Just IKEA storage units. So, <laughs> um, interesting fact about checkmate. So, this comes from the Arabic Sheikh Met, which means the Sheikh has died. The Sheikh meaning, meaning the king or the. The Sheikh. Um, the Sheikh. Um, <laughs> for, for the. Uh, How's it pronounced? Sheikh. <laughs> um, Tally ho means tally huna. Come here. Uh, what, are, what are the other ones? Hearing Yusuf say Arabic things is the same as when you when some, someone who's who's done like a French A level says like let's go for let's go for breakfast and get some croissant. 
croissant. Yeah, they just drop it into sentences <laughs> and you're not expecting it. It was like in our... Perfect pronunciation. We had the opposite in our French GCSE listening exam where it was like, what Bonjour. did, what did um, Cassie listen to, watch on the weekend? And it was like, aujourd'hui, j'ai vu Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's not really a, not really a question there. You Great just memory. Said, That's really had an impact on you. Oh, it was. So, shir, 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 shir. It's good. It's weird, isn't it? Because I've heard shake, but never shir. Well, they call me the uh, the protein shake. So that's where it goes. <laughs> wow, that one listener oh, just tuned out. We've lost our one listener. So the goat, Johnny. No, hold on. You were in the middle of saying the shir. Met. I died. Oh, right, that she, was the fact. Checkmate. Oh, right. yeah. I thought it was building up. Goat. Uh... Bint as well. <laughs> the, the, so the word bint is an insult in English, but it just means girl in Arabic, and it came from the um, Second World War settlement of Egypt. And it, uh, Johnny, send for a bint, will you? Like, send for a prostitute. Algebra. Algebra. <laughs> Alchemy, yeah. Chemistry. Chemistry. Alchemy, yeah. Give me some more, see if I get them. Uh, the Arabic word for orange is Portugal. I would have been able to get that. And Portugal is the place of the country of oranges. This knowledge Chemise is... in French is shirt. Chemise is shirt in Arabic. Cravat uh, is... Tie. <laughs> Tie. Yes! In Arabic it's caravata. Caravata. Uh, pantalon is trousers in Arabic. Pantaloon. Yep. How did we get here? How Check. did we get here? Sometimes I ask. You were talking about the construction of the goat question. Checkmate. Being like a checkmate. Chess. Right. The slow realization that there's not a way out. Basically, was what I was getting at. I see. Then you segued into an Arabic lesson. <laughs> um, segue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what would I do? I think... <laughs> you just gone. Doesn't often happen. Normally, people say often that the podcast is Yusuf speaking and me laughing so loudly that it's all they can hear. <laughs> or, well, or if Chris is on the podcast, it just blows out the speakers. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, Chris really goes for it. I'm just going to go for people thinking that I have. Wow, okay, so you, you really just care about the integrity of goats and... No, just that I don't want to do that. So you're impressively detached from people's opinion. You'd be like, you know what, you might think that, but I didn't, and that's fine. So there'd be, a, like... there'd be a moment of pause whenever anybody said anything, mm. and you just think, well, I had an option, and I could have actually done what you think I've done, or I could be here, smugly knowing that actually you didn't. And everyone else is devoting their energy to making fun of you. That's very noble. What would you do? Just go for the goat, I think. Really? Just we quite, quite often we have different answers to these sorts of things. Because I think one night with a consensual goat compared to um, ruining your reputation. Probably ruined my reputation by saying that. So. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I hadn't thought about the reputation side of it. Like, when I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking people sort of... People just taking the mic. Posting fun. Making jibes. Yeah, making jibes, yeah. I see. I'm thinking mainly of Chris Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be... 
He'd be, he'd the, be first he'd in be line. He'd be king of the drivers, wouldn't he? He'd be at the front of the queue. He'd Instagram be organising, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be organising the queue and... Tweeting about it and everything. Tweeting fierce, fierce up and... Next one. Next one. Would you rather have uncontrollable super strength or uncontrollable super speed? <laughs> this is a horrible question. <laughs> Because you could be midway crossing the road and then you're just in someone's house. Or you could be, like, picking up a glass and you've crushed it and sent glass flying everywhere. So the super speed, is that within the parameters that you would normally operate in? Can you explain? So if I'm crossing the road and suddenly my super speed kicks in, am I just where I would have stopped anyway, but faster? Or do, because of the speed, have I lost control as well? I'm going to say there's a loss of control because otherwise, if you choose super strength and you can play it to your advantage sometimes, then it just you'd always just go for that and hope for the best. So I think... Like powerlifting meet or something. So, so super, super strength, for example, you are... It would be stupid strength. You would you'd crush, cr speed. crush a glass. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to... You're not going to go through the floor or... You know, no, but if, if you were deadlifting at a meet, for example, you'd accidentally clean it or it would go through the ceiling or something, <laughs> and that, that would get a red light. Which so. is so ironic, isn't it, really? It is. Um, Hence, stupid speed, stupid strength. For some reason, I'm struggling to imagine what it would be like to be stupidly fast without having more strength behind that. It would be like... Um, so, you're, okay, you're walking along, you're in mm. an airport... You forget the fact that you've just stepped onto one of those, or you don't see, you know, those escalators that are mm. flat mm. and they just accelerate you along the floor. Mm. You're not looking. You stand on one of them. Suddenly, right. Yeah. I'm going to go for speed over strength, I think. I think it's like you're less likely to find yourself in, in slack alley. Yeah. <laughs> what do you go for? I think so as well. Otherwise, you could, you'd probably hurt people more with super uncontrolled Yeah. Super well, yeah, I think you'd kill people. Mm be a problem I'm just watching my girlfriend get bricks out of the garage and, oh, then, no. and then she's walking towards the house with the bricks in her hand and she just heard us do, answering <laughs> these Q&A's she heard she the had, goat she thing had, she had two so a brick each oh no great well this sounds like it's going to be the last podcast <laughs> Propane Fitness it's been great Speak to you on the other side. Next week. Oh, well, no, we won't, would we? We mm. wouldn't speak next week. So, would you rather get sexually assaulted once a year <laughs> or never get laid again? Sexually assaulted. Just, yeah, just take take the chance. Yeah, well, because sexually sexual assault doesn't imply that there's anything successful happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but then you have to be on your defence all the time. I, it would be quite good for training, wouldn't it? I think yeah. I'm... All, are you not already always on the defence from getting sexually assaulted? I've, like, well, I've been sexually assaulted quite a few times, and mm. sometimes I've been able to defend it, sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> Only when you had shopping bags in your hands. Yeah, yeah. that was a problem. I, I wish I'd just put them down, but I didn't want to break anything. and then. I. It's so funny when you talk about that, because... You say it as though it's that's the case for everybody. <laughs> like we sat around having dinner, and you're like, "Yeah, I've been sexually assaulted four or five times," and then move on with conversation. 
Right. So, so you're used to it, so you would say, I would just, the first one. It's, it's worth a, worth a punt. Um, it's probably a risky thing to say. Yes. Yeah, probably very dangerous. Because uh, also you're saying it doesn't imply successful, but it could be armed, could, be, could include a, a mugging along just for free. Complimentary. 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 <laughs> I would, yeah, I think the latter is pretty, like it's a very permanent, constant thing, isn't it? I think you'd be aware of a lot of the time. I should also say I didn't enjoy any of the sexual assaults that I've had. And so mm. I probably would have preferred, in retro- in hindsight, to... <laughs> To have not been sexually assaulted. Yeah. Well, I think that's reason. I think you'd have to assume that. That's true. I'm still going to go for that. Fine. Finally, before we get onto the topic of the podcast, 17 minutes in, <laughs> would you rather be able to fall asleep instantly or wake up instantly without snoozing or feeling groggy? Ooh, that is a good one. So I guess it's would you rather have the off button or the on button? Mm-hmm. The trouble with this is that there's still a yeah, there's still a sleep requirement, isn't there? That's the trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, cause my my first thought is like, oh, I'll just get up at five a.m. But that's not. I wouldn't feel groggy at five a.m. But I might may, may still feel tired or suffer the consequences of. Uh, okay. But I, I suppose being able to normalize your your wake time is actually like the first thing that we advise people in the propane protocol with their sleep, isn't it? I know what you're thinking. What's the propane protocol? That's what you're about to ask, wasn't what, it? What is the propane protocol, Johnny? Good question. I wish I knew. Best way to find out, email us at avin at propanefitness.com. Propaneprotocol.com. <laughs> <laughs> or you can go there. It may or may not be up or down, depending on... On how you're doing. So... <laughs> <laughs> on what time of the morning it is, I suppose. So... Something that we need to consider is if you have the off button, you can just have a nap whenever. Like, so really, you could catch up on sleep. But like, you might sleep through because you haven't got enough. So you could be on a bus and be like, right, off. <laughs> I suppose what most people would say is that a phone, like a good enough phone alarm, is an on button. Yeah, it's just quite an unpleasant one. I think being jolted awake. Is probably not the nicest thing. But insomnia is worse. Worse. Off button. I'll have an off button, please. Uh, fine. I think off button as well. It's tough. Because you could... It is tough, isn't it? Let us know, guys. Send us a message. Admin at propanefitness.com That opens with the subject line That is so not rainbow rhythms. <laughs> On or off button. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together, completely free. 
All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now, pick up your free training, and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, and we'll speak soon. So today's topic, we wanted to touch on the fact that a topic, a tool that people don't use enough is the weekly view. So both on my fitness pal and also just in, in general life. Weekly view and weekly review. And weekly review. So Johnny and I had a weekend that threw us away from our goals. Uh, Johnny was on TV and I was um, ill in bed. And the tendency is to think, right, well, I fucked that day, so that means that I'm completely going off target. Or you have the opposite. And sometimes we'll have a client that maybe smashed their targets on a given day, felt very proud of themselves, and as a result, um, goes off target for the rest of the week and throws (laughs) off their averages. So... So getting cocky or giving up. Exactly. And really, the impact of any individual day, or even two or three days in a row, is minimal if you get your averages back online and if you keep your focus on the weekly view. No matter how bad a day is or how good a day is, you're not going to make or break the week from that one day. I actually think that everything should be looked at on a weekly view. I just think it gives such perspective. So even... You know, I, I, for a while, sent you those weekly meditation summaries. Yep. I still look at my weekly meditation summary. So your weekly meditation volume, far more important in terms of your total progress than if you did one day of three hours. Exactly. And then exactly. And that's the same as you step on the scale and look at a weight-in oh, and try yeah. and draw all sorts of conclusions from it. And, like, it means nothing in isolation. Just going through client check-ins today, the number of people who've had like a Monday morning spike in weight from their their week, mm. from their weekend. You know, they start they've started this week Monday morning spike, and then it's the weigh-ins back down again, and it's all from just eating slightly differently. And if you were to look at that in isolation, problem panic, look at it in a weekly view, suddenly it's put into context. This is the problem with a lot of PTs that make their clients do a weekly weigh-in in the gym. And I saw someone doing that in the gym this morning. Right, interesting. And it and the the very bottle of water in the hand. But oh. actually, unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh my god. So, I, I was just I was gonna say like there's a few variables that are out of their control, but bottle of water in the hand takes the absolute piss. Like you've basically so the they'll be coming in a session which is maybe a different time of day each week, having eaten a different thing in the morning wearing different clothes, sometimes shoes, sometimes no shoes, etc., and holding a bottle of water. Yeah. Like, basically holding a small weight. But, well, there are enough... Like, if you weigh yourself in the morning, like, as we advise, in first thing in the morning, before eating, after using the toilet, naked, you'll observe the variation. Like, the raw data Even if you ate the same has. thing, three days in a row. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that evening meal, there might be slightly more salt than what you ate the day before, or whatever, like... Just natural fluctuations affect it massively. And then you're saying, no, no, 
I don't want to weigh in then. That would be boring. I'm going to wait, have a, have a meal or so, a couple of glasses of water, maybe a tea or coffee. And then take one then I'm gonna, point yeah. in seven days and then <laughs> make all of my decisions based, based on, on that. that. So what we're saying is that, uh, and the, the, to coin Johnny's phrase, it's easier to win the week than it is to win the day. Um, if yeah, that's you, fantastic, that, isn't it? Because even if you can squeeze out a great day, then that doesn't say much for winning the week. You've either exhausted yourself by trying to cram all your efforts into one day, or you've been able to to kind of... I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it's, I think a week shows you what's actually happening. I think a, a day can be a fluke. Like a day can be... You know, you've been really motivated that day for whatever reason and all of your ducks are in a row or you felt rubbish that day for whatever reason and everything went to pot. But if you do over a week, it sort of smooths out any potential anomalies or any one-offs that may happen and you start to see the the real picture of how things are progressing, especially when you start to stack weekly views on top of each other and you start to see weekly average versus weekly average or compare this week to last to last week, that's when you can really start to see how what you're doing is affecting what you're trying to change. I think that's where the, the real power of doing this, just once a week on whatever you're trying to manage, that's where it comes in. And so we always advise people to track their lead variables and their lag variables, so the inputs and the outputs. And the more data points that you have, you know, in the same conditions, measured like with body weight, for example, every morning, you then have the trend, you have the average, you have the change in the average from week one to week two, and you also have the inputs that are affecting those outputs. When you have those and you do the weekly review, you can then say, right, this has either caused the response that I wanted or the one that I didn't want, and then I can make the change that I'm looking for. So, that, go ahead. Sorry, I think, I think a lot of people focus too much on the lag variables. So that's like money in your bank account, weight on the scale, weight on the barbell, how you're feeling as a result of, you know, meditation or whatever, like it's the resulting change. You focus everything on that and then try and... Hack that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like, really, that's just the result of the stuff that you can control. Like you can't control, you can't force your weight to go down. You can't force your bank account to move in the right direction. Well, you can try to on a given day and, and maybe squeeze in a win for the day by, you know, you can get your, um, if, if you really wanted to, and I've seen people do this, to try and get their weight down for a weigh in on a given day, not for a competition or for a for anything that means anything, but just for their own sense of um, fear of the scale, they'll take a laxative or or, or wait until um, not have anything all day and wait until later to do their weigh in or whatever, so that their weight artificially measures low on that day. But it's only going to come back up. There's only going to be a reversion to the mean. So that's that's not winning the week. That's just um, falsifying your own data for your <laughs> the sake of your ego yeah uh, the flip side of that as well is you see people um not wanting to weigh themselves like after they've they know that you know they went out for dinner last night or ate later than normal oh uh, yeah that's that's the more common one definitely mm. but actually like when when viewed in a in a weekly sense like yes it, you maybe maybe your your numbers aren't as great as they could be but you can still turn that week around and i think that's the key isn't it like a bad day doesn't matter if the week's still good, but, the week's still good. But track the bad day yep. and track the good days. Yeah. So, so again, with training, um, ego numbers, maybe you think you've got a bench 
press PB, but you didn't quite touch your chest and you're thinking, oh, well, I'll just track it anyway. What's happened there is that you've now got a new max number that actually isn't your max. And so mm. from that point onwards, you're either going to have to continue to track your maxes where with partial reps to keep the, keep the trend going, or you've just given yourself a, a false data point that makes it look like you're regressing now for the rest of the week. So I mean, there's so many applications of this, the more I think about it. Like the number of conversations I have with people where they'll say they've had a bad session, bad training session, like one bad training session. And then in the context of the block or the week or the program, things are still moving in a fantastic direction. But you have one day where you go in the gym and for a whole host of reasons, things don't feel that great. We take that one data point and we naturally gravitate to something when it's especially negative or especially positive mm-hmm. and a, a uh, an anomaly from the trend that we're seeing we focus on it because it stands out and we're like well we mu- it mustn't be working the program's broken but actually like did you do the four sessions across the week were three of four good yes they were that's probably just continue as normal so it informs your decision making and means that you're less likely whether you're coaching yourself or whether your coach is coaching you they're like, there's less likely to be a a bad decision made on the basis of focusing on something that isn't actually representative of a, of a trend, which is ultimately what everybody's trying to achieve, a downward or an upward trend in a, in a given number. The flip side of that as well is, let's say you have a program that makes you hit this, um, <clears throat> that you get this mad ego PB once a week compared to um, four sessions every week of really bog standard progress. Maybe you get a single rep PB on one of your assistance lifts each time every time you go in the gym, like really kind of average sessions or, or maybe most of them are just kind of maintenance ones, but there's just this slow moving forward of hitting singles rather than trying to aim for a home run once a week. Obviously, as Johnny said, we, we our minds focus on the, the big win or the big loss, but actually on average, if we're just going in and hitting singles, just doing our part every time we come in, it's boring, but that is what's going to build up to the, the big weekly progress as things co- as things go on and build up chin up chin up yep so your example of keep the- hammering on about it but <laughs> i've been i've just i think it's been the most consistent that i've been with one rep range but you've not been aiming and for mad no mad kgs it's just been <laughs> yeah not mad kg like I, I i in fact i deliberately just try and progress one variable so if i've added weight i'm not worried about trying to match last week's reps or I'm not worried about if I've just added one rep on one set that's okay just turning that's up fine. and doing doing what's needed the 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 minimum stuff to so the the app that I've got that I use which is called gravitas for anyone interested um will buzz and put a little yellow pr symbol next to an exercise when I when I hit a, a pb for that that week and as long as I get that on an exercise like if that happens that's it like I, then after that, I just matched last week's performance. So that's, again, viewing something over a longer period of time. So it's longer than a week, but... Rather than going for the big sexy one, it's the... Exactly. Like I'm not going in and trying to hit, you know, max set with 40 kilos or as many as I can on my body weight. It's just an understanding that no one point, no one data point means anything without the bigger context. So if I didn't have all of my chin-ups logged for the past six months, that last session would have been really boring. Mm. But it means so much looking at it because it's like that's the result of so many sessions, so much consistency. And it's the that's same. That's what you're with, trying to build as well. Of you, course, you, yeah. You're not, you're not, 
you didn't turn up and compete on on Monday in chin-ups and, <laughs> yeah. and have to demonstrate your strength on that day. Yeah. You were there yeah. to exactly. build some volume and create a training stimulus. So what should people look at on a weekly basis? Like obvi- the obvious stuff is weight, calories and training. Is so, there anything else you would so the, look at? So the average of all of those things. So the the average weight for the week taken daily, <clears throat> the average calories from every day and what that is relative to your calculated maintenance, um, which that use calculated maintenance if you don't know what your true maintenance is from having tracked your weight for for a long time and kind of worked out what it what it would be. Um, There's two more just while you're on that. Two more ways to apply that information. If you look at the totals of those two things, so if you're looking at your total calorie volume across a week and it's Thursday and you know what your total calorie volume should be, then you and you've gone over slightly Monday to Thursday, then you can start to say, well, it's a very quick calculation of, well, I have this much left divided by three, that's what I have to eat Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you can start to look at weekly totals as a really quick and easy way of working out how far away from a, a target you are on a weekly basis. That's a great application of it as well, because it means that if you go too hard on Monday, Tuesday, or or you've you know you've undereaten on that time, then you can roll over the remaining allowance for the yeah. rest of the week and not feel like you've you fucked it and that's it. Let's just eat the whole cake now because I've had one slice. <laughs> exactly. And the same with training. Um, you know, if you miss a session or you miss a few assistance exercises in a session, look at it as a weekly to-do list. So look at it as what do I have to do um, in sessions two and uh, three and four to catch up from what I missed from sessions one and two. So Speaking of which, how did you do that over the weekend when... You weren't able to train. So I just um, moved, well, okay. So I, I I train, at the minute I train five days a week. So I, last week, didn't have a rest day and pushed everything forward. Um, but again, it's like I have days that I normally try and train. Um, Saturday's one of them. Um, wasn't able to train. Sunday's also sometimes one of them. Um, so just moving things around. But again, it's it's looking at things. There's, so there's two, there's two, ways that you arrive at that decision one is understanding that training is a weekly volume a weekly to-do list rather than anything magical happening in a specific session or on a specific day but also having a day where you review things yourself whether that's checking in with a coach or even just sitting down and thinking how is this week gone what's happening this week allows that foresight because if you get to thursday and realize man i haven't done my training for this week i'm busy at the weekend i'm out on friday night suddenly you, you're not meeting the minimum requirements. It's the same with calories. So having a, a point in your week where you review and plan and then looking as, looking at things as a weekly commitment rather than a daily commitment. So as, as I said, I, I was ill over the weekend. Um, I started to feel ill on the Thursday evening when I was about to train. And then as I was getting ready for the gym, I realised that that's the way it was going. And at that point, you have to make the judgment call of if is training now going to improve is it going to make me to take me towards my goals or is it just going to make me ill faster and for longer than if i didn't train such a hard decision it is um but i've i've learned the hard way now that when you feel that kind of onset of fluey feeling um if you try and train on it it always just makes things worse and actually it may be a better thing to consciously decide not to train on that day let yourself recover fully and then over the the following two weeks, you'll probably accumulate more volume because you'll be recovered faster and be back at it quicker than if you were to 
try and train, have a crap session anyway, make yourself more ill, and then be ill for longer. So, so training's digging a hole. Dig, it's digging a hole when there's already a hole there, isn't it? That you know your, your body's trying to fill back up again. To use the world's most basic analogy, but I think that this, you have to make the same call with DOMS fatigue all the time. Like we're always making these small decisions and calculations, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. Um, but again, that comes from having this mindset of reviewing what's happening. You know, if you're just blindly following a program and not really ever looking at, you know, how is this going? And you, what am I trying to achieve with with this as yeah, well? So yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it needs you need a coach to be able to give you that objectivity because it's so easy, especially if you're like uh, Johnny and myself, where it's easy to just blinker yourself and set your sights on something and just pound it without really thinking of the either the consequence or the bigger picture of what's mm-hmm. happening there. Mm-hmm. And that's why even coaches need coaches and uh, we have to have someone to just keep you in check. Well, it allows you to separate. So basically what we're talking about is there's two, there's two like mindsets to be in. And you talk about this quite a lot. There's the, there's the planning mode you can be in, which is the, the weekly review time of looking at were my total calories or my average calories correct this week? Yes, no. Have I done my total volume? What, how's my average sleep? All that sort of stuff. And then there's executing it, which is almost when during the week you forget about that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are today's targets? How can I make today good? And then mo- removing yourself from that and thinking, how does the day fit into the week? And that's the benefit of having a coach is it allows you to outsource the, the high-level thinking. 100%. And if you're trying to do planning and execution at the same time, it's easy to convince yourself that, oh, actually, um, I shouldn't train because... Like, and easy to, to convince yourself that, oh, because it's hard, actually, I'm going to change the plan here and I'm going to do whatever. And as opposed to, I will execute as I planned and then at the end of the week, review based on how it's, how it's actually worked out rather than changing the plan midway through the week. Suddenly, you don't know whether it was the change that made the mm. progress or... It's such... <laughs> like, people, people will hear that and think... Well, yeah, obviously, obviously mate. mate yeah. But like, that is literally probably the biggest, like, dickhead <laughs> moment I've ever had in my life. I still struggle with it yeah. from a with a work management perspective. Me too. And me too. You know, the the more I get into just staying stupid, as Johnny says, and planning what I'm going to do at the start of the day, even to the point of what Johnny's been doing for a while, which is uh, pomodoros, having twenty five minute blocks that you already pre-allocate mm-hmm. how what parts of your life you're going to dedicate those 25 minute blocks to and during those blocks you do nothing else but, but that, that thing, thing. yeah <laughs> yeah i think yeah the, the more that you can prov- have chunks of time where you do not allow yourself to think like you you, you so as you're saying like you at the start of the week i have four sessions four training sessions i'm going to do them on these four days these are my calories that's it. Like if I change it on Thursday, then this, then you know, next Sunday, what am I going to do? So this How do is I different that? to what we said before about being blinkered. This is not being blinkered. This is um, having the blinkers on and off, and being or having the blinkers and being able to put them on when you need to put them on, and not to get in your own way and trip over your own feet, and then strategically at checkpoints to take off the blinkers stop and have a think while you're not in motion and you're able to take in the, the landscape properly and then be able to make a decision for the next sprint that you do. 
I think the most important thing that you, you just mentioned is if you start meddling with whatever the process is, whether it's work, sleep, fitness, nutrition, if you say, if you set a period of time, week, month, whatever, and then change mid during that period of time, you're going to get to the end of that. You're going to get to your next review and not really have anything to interpret. Exactly. And if you just kept things the same for a week, you'd get to that weekly review and go, right, this one thing needs to change. Change it, and then do that again and again and again. So and there's then, no problem with meddling, but do it systematically. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Systematically meddle. Because if you systematically meddle, you get 12 weeks down the line and you've made some really informed, sensible decisions based on just being an idiot through <laughs> days one to seven. This was a principle that I picked up from a guy called Mark Douglas, who he's, he died recently, actually, but he's, he's a trader who writes a lot about the mindset of um, traders and stock market. And this is his approach to developing a trading system. He says, I will run it for 20 trades or 100 trades or whatever, depending on the type of trading system involved or the, you know, the potential success rate and, and all of that. Run it for that time, execute the trading system completely. So whenever there is a market signal to enter the trade, you enter that trade. You don't second guess it. You don't think like, oh, maybe not this time because it actually doesn't quite work. You just, you just do what the trading system says. Run it for that period. And at the end of it, that's when you make the decision of which variable to change. And you change one variable at a time. You run that again for another 20 trades and repeat. You don't change the system midway. Otherwise, you don't know what part of the system worked and what part didn't. Because you'll still be in the same position in six months' time. If you meddle, you, you, oh. you're still still wondering. You're in a worse position. Because yeah. <laughs> you've lost, yeah. So you've got neither the results nor the data. Nor the time. You've lost the time oh. and you never get that back. Like, it's, it's better to have had no results but all of the data. And then you know why you didn't get the results. Perfect, you can change that. Or spend the six months doing something completely unrelated and just really enjoy the just time. playing golf, don't, having yeah, a nice time. Don't even try and get the results, <laughs> like if you're going to mess with the process. It's so why this... we're so glad that we spent a, a lot of the last 10 years, I mean, not recently, luckily, but the, the, the first few years of our training life, trying out so much bollocks. <laughs> because at least it gave us some insight into what did and didn't work. Mm. And we've spun our wheels so that you guys don't have to. And that, I suppose that's why we we hammer this point home that everything that we do is deliberately simple because it really doesn't need to be but but i think also when you appreciate how immensely controlled your life has to be to follow the complex stuff you just think it's it's i'm trying to think of an example of of diets and like yeah like Like someone who's just the ultimate diet i remember the ultimate diet 2.0 which yeah, involves like wow. a really complex car it's like you know there's an algorithm to solve <laughs> but it's it's someone pa- just passing their driving test thinking that that means they're an F1 driver now you know that, that that's just an, that's the obvious next step but like if someone just if you if you only or if it, it, unless you can consi- unless you can show me your diet spreadsheet for the past year there is absolutely no need to make things more complex than you already have them and but, even the masters keep going back to mastering the fundamentals mm. and a lot a lot of pros in any discipline will say that if you want to become as good as them it's not about fine tuning the the details it's about mastering the fundamentals mm. and you know expert monks will will tell people even if you've been meditating for 10 15 years or, or whatever 
just go back to the breath. And if you can stick with that and, and hone that more, then you earn the right to start playing with the extra stuff. Well, that, like it's the same with um, the the best powerlifters in the world. Everyone thinks they're following some magical program. They're, they're just, just working on the squat bench well, deadlift the, technique. Yeah, they're just the best <laughs> at squat bench and deadlift, which is what everyone's doing anyway. It's just they spend more time practicing. Not or they've been practicing for longer. Bands and reverse bands yeah. and chains. It, it's just filming themselves squatting, improving their <laughs> technique. You know, it's 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 not. There's no big secret behind mm. that. It's just applying consistency of the fundamentals and also having the data to know that they've made a single change, given it a try for a sample period that is long enough to make a conclusion from and then draw out whether that took them closer or further away from their goal. So this sort of shows up in two two ways, I suppose. One is if you're being coached by someone or, or and the other is if you're trying to coach yourself. I think the first thing to say... I know you think we're biased. It doesn't have to be us. Just pick someone you trust and try out being coached. Um, I, I think it removes a lot of the problems that we're talking about now. A lot of the pitfalls you can fall into are instantly removed or made much harder to fall into when you have someone else managing this stuff for you. But so if you are if you are coaching yourself, j- simply just not having a review process, simply not looking at a weekly view and getting emotionally just dragged around the room all the time by the tiniest little changes, or you listen to a podcast like this, or read and read a blog or an article that recommends something different, and by Wednesday you've changed your program, you've changed your diet, or dropped your calories, or whatever. So I'm going to make a controversial claim here, and say that you would actually be better off, and I'm 100% stand by this, and you, <laughs> you, can, you can test this out, um, you'd be better off picking a coach that has no experience in training or diet or any of that, but is a statistician and economist, for example, (laughs) than you would picking some um, PT who's overly wrapped up in, in the minutia and, and, Mm. but, but is, is kind of neurotic and doesn't, um, doesn't see the big picture. So if you, even if you asked, like if if you've, you know, you, you could ask like your granddad who was a, math teacher or you know someone who's who is intelligent removed from the the whole picture can give you some objectivity and you just explain to them simply look granddad (laughs) i'm looking to achieve this i want a bigger chest and then just through pure logic they'd be like right well obviously you're gonna have to do some do something to challenge that progressively um and have a way to track that and then um, find a way to know that what you're doing is is working or not working. Like it, so. Like, what are the variables? How do we test them? How do we influence them? And just keep adding, removing. I'd never thought about it like that. <laughs> so, so your coach doesn't even have to be doesn't have to know much about the specifics of what you're doing, as long as they can apply those principles and they, that you are accountable to them. Mm-hmm. Then that's all that matters. Obviously, it helps, and I'm not saying that you you have to go and ask your granddad now to be your coach. But yeah, I mean, some shit PTs. ideally, your granddad would be pretty well versed in the science of fitness and nutrition. However, it's not it's not required. And actually, yeah, I think it's better that someone is scientifically minded and understands that really these are just variables that we are trying to influence. There's an input and an output and a process, and we have to manage them, change them systematically. If we throw everything in at once or take everything out at once, 
we just get a load of noise that nobody can interpret. And so a chaos training, man. You've got to confuse <laughs> the muscles, isn't it? I mean, confusing the muscle is the is the like epitome of, of <laughs> the, the opposite. Of, yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's one aspect is you're you're, you're trying to coach yourself. Um, try to see yourself as two people. If you are adamant that you, a coaching does not work for you, I respectfully disagree. But if you are just going to disagree back, then um, see yourself as two people. See yourself as coach and as client and try to treat yourself as something separate when you're in coach mode and then ignore the thoughts when you're in client mode and just execute and just do follow the process for seven days. If you are being coached by somebody, the worst thing that you can do is try and meddle and try and change things yourself. And I know you think that you might be thinking, you know, well, if you're paying for coaching, you would obviously just follow the program. It is still really tempting um, because we feel more emotionally invested than the coach. But try to remember that they have made a decision based on objective, rational thought that isn't clouded by emotion. And they still have your best intentions uh, at heart, at the heart of what they're doing. And they are hopefully following a systematic process and also using their own experience. So just follow your coach, your coach's advice blindly, as long as there's someone you trust. Fantastic. So ask your granddad. Fantastic. And we will, like, we'd love to hear about what granddad, what granddad says. <laughs> so quite a lot in there. Um, try out some of the principles in there. Have a think about that. And please do send us an email if we got it wrong about the goat. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that's probably the most complete podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Like that piece of advice, how long has that taken us? The thing is... Our entire lives. The, <laughs> and, and it's annoying how simple it's, that advice has come out to be, but it's not about how... What, what's the, uh, that quote of, uh, the truth is simple. If it was complex, everybody would understand it. <laughs> Because we're always looking for the, the next big complex thing. But it, yeah. the hardest thing to do is to just apply the simple truth because it's, it's too simple to want to accept. Mm. But well, I, I, there we go. I think I, what I've learned to realise is that it's just a set of simple, I don't know, axioms, rules, I suppose, simple rules that create really impressive or, I guess, dramatic results. Simple rules. Dramatic, dramatic results. results. It's got a ring to it, that. Hmm. Hmm. Get Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or 10 or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, We've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Show, show.